We try to play with great pace. We try to play with great pace. Ran a lot of pick and roll, pick and pop uh, type actions. Oh, you'll see us play. Some people look at the guy next to him and say, what the hell was that shot? Hell, I could have been Gronk before Gronk was Gronk. Welcome back to another quarantine edition of Bangerangs and Daggers. I'm out here on the East Coast as your co-host tonight, Kevin Knight, as I'm sure you're all more than familiar with my voice by now and hopefully not sick of it. But joining me tonight, we have returning to uh, the podcast tonight, Patrick. How are you doing out there, Patrick? I'm doing pretty well, considering I'm currently sitting in my basement, still quarantined in the great state of Nebraska. Uh, How are you in D.C., sir? Oh, you know, it's uh, another day in paradise. So, um, I mean, it it is kind of nice. Most days it's nice enough to still go out for a walk, which I have to do multiple times with the Beagles. So um, I'm sure everyone in my social media field is getting sick of uh, seeing all my pictures of the Capitol Dome from the walk each day. But you never gets old. I'm not going to lie. It doesn't ever really get old. And what else am I going to do? <laughs> That's exactly right. How uh, how far do you usually walk? Um, so it depends on the walk. Uh, in the morning, we just stick a little bit closer to home. Um, do like 10 blocks or so, something like that. Maybe like three quarters of a mile to a mile. And then um, to tire out at the end of the workday, we'll go out, uh, my husband and I with her and Usually that one is, I'm trying to remember, I think we usually go between three and four miles total on that one. Most, That's nice. More often That's a good yeah. walk. Yeah, well, you know, two-year-old Beagle, she uh, she needs a lot. And then she'll, um, it's kind of funny, she'll come home at the end of the walk. That's usually around dinner time for her. She'll eat, and then she'll take a nap, and then as soon as we're done making our dinner, then she proceeds to act like a devil dog and just run around the apartment doing all the things she knows she knows she is not supposed to do. And you know, we're just sitting there trying to eat our dinner. And it's like, really? Like, get off, get off the back of the sofa and stop trying to knock that over. <laughs> yeah, dogs are fun, especially when you've got them in an apartment, right? Yeah. Exactly. So well, that's good. Well, I'm on today. It's been a few weeks since I've been on. Last one was kind of the end of the season podcast, if I remember right. And I remember standing in my garage watching a blizzard come through Nebraska uh, while we did that last one. And luckily we had Nate on that, didn't we? Yeah, Nate was on that one. Yep, it was a full three-man weave. We need to get that together again sometime. Maybe next week, hopefully. So, But this week at SB Nation, it is What If Week. And if you're curious, what if week is, is basically what they're wanting us to do. And we're doing this because we are tool of the man, tools of the man. Uh, What if week is you take your team, ours being Nebraska, and we kind of look back at history and say, what if? So, like, for example, I'm sure at some point, some author at, at Coronation will probably do a what if Nebraska beat Florida State in the 94 uh, Orange Bowl to win the national championship? What if the 83 Nebraska football team beat Miami with that two-point conversion. I'm sure it's done before, but, you know, it's it's what if we get corn, at, at SB Nation, so we've got to do something because there's no sports, and we're all going a little stir-crazy, right, Kevin? Most definitely. Oh, <laughs> most, most, most definitely. So us, bang, bang rings and daggers, we are a Nebraska podcast, and 
what we're going to tackle during this podcast is what if Nebraska hired Bill Self? Now, it's been long enough back, I want to say 20 years ago, actually, yeah, roughly just a little over 20 years ago, since this incident could have possibly happened. And just to give you a little background, Nebraska was about five years off of their NIT championship win. Danny Nee was still coaching, but every year since that NIT championship, Nebraska was, oh, losing a little bit of its luster that was, that really made it a very good team of the 90s, that wanted a share of the Big A championship. And we're coming to the end of the 99-2000 season. Nebraska, the previous year, was fifth in the Big Eight, had a 20-13 and 13 record, 10-6 and six in conference, not too bad. Um, but the last, this last season, they went 11-19, and 19, only won four games in, 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 or I'm sorry, not Big, Big Eight, Big 12 conference play. I'm going farther back than I should have. They were only 4-12 and 12 in the conference, and they tied for eight. So Danny Nee's not recruiting like he should. Uh, the attendance is showing at the Devaney Center. Um, people aren't showing up. And Bill Byrne, then athletic director, really kind of had a decision to make. Uh, I, Danny Nee, if you remember, was quite a character. And I'm sure to some ex- level, he probably wasn't the e- easiest to deal with at all times, like most coaches. But Danny Nee's tenure at Nebraska was coming to an end. He'd been there since 1986, and he, I think most thought he, 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 he had done what he could, the max of what he could do. So end of that season, uh, March of t- 2000, Bill Self let Danny Nee go. And Nebraska, of course, as we know, was not a big, a, a big power in basketball. They were still a power in football. They had a lot of national attention because of the football team, but basketball just wasn't there. And a lot of people questioned whether Nebraska could pull in a big-name coach. You know, uh, would they be willing to spend the money? Bill Byrne, years later, said that was not a problem. In fact, back then, you're going to laugh at this one, Kevin, because this is, this is funny to me even now, is, you know, were they willing to spend a million dollars on a basketball coach? That well, was yeah. the big question. You know, well, back then. Done. You know, I mean, actually, uh, it's nothing. I mean, now. That, yeah, I mean, I, I don't really laugh because I know um, I mean, I'm I'm old enough, Patrick, that I, I know yeah. coaches salaries have continued to get drastically inflated year over year over year. And I had actually been curious at the time what a certain national championship coach from that very season that this happened at the end of uh, oh, happened to make at the time. Talk about. Well, no, I mean, I'm just saying, uh, you know, the team who had it. Hey, you know what? This happened in the year 2000 at there's the end of that season. Like, there's a reason why I wanted you on here, Kevin. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> it just so happens that the coach that won it that year, who I'm not even going to say who his name is. I'm just going to say that coach who won that year was given a contract extension and bonus bump in his salary year over year moving forward at that point he was going to start making 1.1 million dollars per season and this and is a national championship somebody, coach yeah national championship so, yeah so i mean nebraska went to bat in 2000 when they tried to get bill self by all means like they and, really were throwing the bank at him and this is to remind everybody this is pre-kansas bill self bill self was just building himself up he was an oklahoma state graduate he was, he was coached under IBA. His first coaching experience was for four years at Oral Roberts University in Oklahoma. 
you know, uh, he ended his final year there with, uh, he made it in the first round of the NIT, built them up pretty decent. And then Tulsa came calling. And University of Tulsa, first year, he went 9-12, and 12, third in the Western Athletic Conference. Second year, 98-99, he went 23-10, and 10, made to the second round of the NCAA tournament. And his third year at Tulsa, he went 32-5, and five, won the Western Athletic, and made it all the way to the Elite Eight. Now, Bill Byrne, th- th- this last year, 99-2000, so it's been March of 2000, Bill Byrne, history uh, story goes he approached him bill self wasn't terribly interested it wasn't anything against nebraska but he said you know he really liked his family in tulsa his his family was happy there Um, bill Byrne offered him a million dollars bill self wasn't terribly inclined as bill self likes to say the um, athletic department the officials at nebraska came down to tulsa courted him they had barbecue at bill's house and Bill had to pay for it. I think Bill was Bill Byrne or Bill Byrne was supposed to pay for it, but Bill Self ended up paying for it, and he never got reimbursed. So Bill Self still kind of holds holds that above his head, I guess. And maybe that was why he didn't come to Nebraska because Nebraska made him pay for barbecue. Maybe that's but, why he makes Adidas pay for everything now. Oh, ooh, and that's that, that's a conversation for another time. <laughs> but not this podcast, not this podcast, that rooster, that, that chicken may come home to roost at some point, but we're not going to get into that today. Yeah, I know. To, you just knew to, I was going to find a way to work it in at some point. <laughs> it makes it fun. So, so anyway, he turns Nebraska down, but it was just a few years or uh, just a, a, like three, three months later, he takes the Illinois job. Now, mind you, Illinois was in the big 10. Back then, I'm going to upset some people. Back then, they were known more as a basketball power. Um, they're doing better right now, but their luster's kind of worn off. I would, you'd probably agree with Kevin over the last 20 years. I mean, or at least 15 years. They, they're not what they once were as a basketball team. But, yeah, I mean, they, they had a couple good years under Bruce Weber, um, mm-hmm. but by about 2010 or so, the luster had really come off. Yeah, so I, last t- decade or so, they've really not, you know, we know them as, a, as more of a middle-tier Big Ten team, let's say, versus the, their, the glorious history of their past. But he went to Illinois, went 27-8 first year, made it to the Elite Eight right away. Second year, Sweet 16. Uh, his third and final year, he made it all the way, he just made it to the second round. But one of the Blue Bloods, one of the most historic teams in the nation, Kansas comes calling. And we pretty much all know the history of his time there, good and bad, um, leading up until today. In fact, they probably, I mean, they were in the running. They probably very well could have won the national championship this year. In fact, he won a national championship at Kansas in 2008, if I remember correctly. So, you know, I mean, Nebraska came close. Bill, I think, was very gracious in saying, you know, there's nothing against Nebraska. He just... Didn't want to come here. I honestly think that there was more to work. More had to be done to make Nebraska work than he probably lets on. But think about it. Like, what if Bill Self, instead of going to Illinois, instead of ending up at Kansas, what if he comes to Nebraska? What if Barry, Barry Collier, who we ended up hiring from Butler, which didn't really work out too well. He luckily left Nebraska to become the AD at Butler. And, well, had very good success there as an AD with a good basketball coach. 
but you know it didn't really work out for nebraska very clear and so on and so forth and we're still kind of meddling let's be honest even with coach horiberg rebuilding you know or building building what we hope to be a nationally competitive team what if bill self came what if he came to nebraska got his million dollars and could actually recruit on a level that would make nebraska a big 12 championship caliber team and possibly even a big 10 championship caliber team you know maybe nebraska could have been in pinnacle bank arena years before uh just based off the fact that he was successful he brought the talent in, he coached them up and you know maybe we kept him long enough to where we didn't lose him or would we have lost him would he have gone to a, a bigger powerhouse would he have gone to a, a kansas eventually what if he would have gone could he have gone to an indiana or a ucla um, you know, I think he, yeah, I mean, I, I oh, think sorry, he would have yeah, been, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think he would have been in consideration for a school like Indiana, for example, quite potentially. But, um, I mean, I don't see him leaving for Kansas when he's at Nebraska because it's just kind of rare. You really see major coaching changes like that in basketball to go from one team in a conference to another. I mean, I know that that happens once in a while in football, um, for example, but I mean, even that was cross divisions of, um, oh God, why am I blanking on the name? But Mississippi State's coach to Florida, um, for example. Oh, but Mullen, I, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I, I can't really think that's of. That's a good question. Yeah, but I, I can't really think of anybody moving inner conference in basketball off the top of my head. I'm sure, it, you know, that, that that's a great point. I'm sure there is one and maybe, maybe one of our listeners will come up with one or maybe we'll come up with one later, later after we do this podcast. But I mean, we're also talking about Nebraska, which, you know, I, I know and love, love Nebraska ball is my thing, but we're talking about Nebraska ball with no history. He builds it up and then he goes to a, an established blue blood like Kansas. What if Kansas goes calling, comes calling? He, he, he played basketball at Oklahoma state. Oklahoma State's had a couple coaches at least since Bill Self's been at Kansas. He's never, I don't, I don't think he's ever, he loves his alma mater. We know that, but I don't think he's ever come close to even going there. You know, could Nebraska give Bill Self in the long run what he would need that a place like KU would, could not be able to top? And I'm not so sure about that. I, I think that if Bill Self came to Nebraska and was successful, he would have gone someplace like, in, you know, Indiana, UCLA. But I think Kansas would have also probably been in play there, is my guess. Potentially. I, I'm not necessarily saying he wouldn't have ended up at Kansas in the end, but I am saying I'm not sure necessarily that he'd be as likely to end up at Kansas so much as UCLA or Indiana or a place like that. And no, just off the top okay. of my head, I, I don't yeah. remember when some of those other uh, big name schools necessarily had a coaching change. I mean, it wasn't too far down the road. Indiana would have been making a change and I, mm -hmm. I don't follow UCLA coaching cycles at all, but um, UC I, I, UCLA has not had a good coaching cycle in a long time. <laughs> yeah, hence, hence why, it, yeah, it's just not really they're, one that I... Let's be honest, they're, they're a name. Yeah, they're a former blue blood. Just I, like... I, you, um, you know what? I'm going to keep them. They're still a blue blood because of their history, because of the aura, you know, the, the aura of, of who they are. 
But in terms of actually being a threat on national stage, I would say they're not. I, I think it takes, personally, I think it takes a lot more to get rid of your blue blood status than people realize. Yeah, well, I mean, I, so I, I say that with the understanding that, um, you know, typically when you get the list of blue blood, like absolute, uh, not up for debate list of schools, if it was for right now, it's mm -hmm. Kansas, Kentucky, North Carolina, and Duke. And then after yeah. those four, um, after those four is when you usually have the conversation of, well, yeah, then if you expand the list, then you have teams like UCLA, you have teams like Michigan State. So you're so, so basically, so, uh, so you're kind of tearing your blue bloods. Exactly. There, gotcha. There's like okay. absolute right. list of blue bloods. And then there's the, well, yeah, I mean, they, they are blue bloods, but go, they're not. Like, like yeah. you put, so like you said, UCLA, Michigan State, Indiana, um, I'm, God, I'm blanking right now. I you, would you put like Florida in there? No, no, not Florida. Um, really? Okay. What's me? Was it Syracuse? Maybe that Arizona, Louisville. Like, yeah, Arizona, Arizona, Louisville. Definitely. Maybe like schools like yeah, gotcha. Um, ones that have a lot of success but don't have the same number of national championships necessarily. Florida, had, is, Florida had two national championships in the odds, man. True. The only one was actually well deserved. We won't go into that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I won't bore anybody with that. One one title was just in a year where it was an extremely weak Final Four field for them, and they didn't have a particularly tough bracket to get to it. The other one, the one that they won back to back the second year, was more than more than fair. But that was a sick team. That was a sick squad they had. That was that was <laughs> yeah. yeah. I remember that. <laughs> but no, no, no. I, I see your point. No, no. You definitely got your. You've got Kentucky, you've got Duke, you've got Kansas, you've got your North Carolina. They are the perennials. You know, I mean, I know Duke, like North Carolina had a rough year this year, last year. I'm, I'm, it's all blending in with my COVID-19 mind. But, yeah. um, but, I mean, Williams is still a stud there. He still recruits in the top three in the nation. So, I mean, everything will be fine there. But, yeah, no, I mean, I, I would say you're probably right with basketball. It's a little bit more of a tighter group at the very top. And then it just kind of uh, tears down. That's a good way to put it. But yeah, but and, but oh, sorry. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. Bill Self would be there for a few years. I think Nebraska would have seen a level of success, particularly in the postseason, that they've never had. Um, they period. would. They would. I, I could guarantee you, if, if Nebraska would have gotten Bill Self, we would have gotten our first NCAA tournament win. I mean, he yeah, I mean, it, he, it wouldn't he have been the first weekend. Up. Yeah, he, he I mean, would have made it to a second weekend at least. Yeah, I, I don't think he necessarily might have stayed long enough to turn Nebraska into a um, a Final Four team necessarily. I maybe he, uh, depending on best, how long he stays, but I would say at the very best, maybe a Sweet Sixteen. You know, like I, I think somebody else would come calling, and he would have gone. Like it would have been a school where they would have prioritized basketball, like Kansas does. You know. Bill, Bill Self would have never, no matter how good of a coach and how good a Nebraska basketball would have become, and I and I'm sure those people out there will disagree with me. I don't think he would have ever gotten out of the shadow of the football team, and I'm not a hundred percent he would want to stay around that. Um, he he's in a position right now where he is the number one person in that state, period, in pay, in fame, in power, probably you know outside of probably more than a lot of the political people in that state. Um, he, he is in a position where he runs Kansas basically. 
And he would never have anything close to that, no matter how successful he is in Nebraska, I don't think. Um, and I think at some point he, he, he would have built Nebraska up. He would have recruited well, but he would have bounced at some point. Would it be the first or second year he gets courted by some major powers? Probably not. But at some point, I think he would have left. So yeah, the, the right name would have come along and he would have been gone. But he would have left Nebraska in a place where um, they weren't uh, – yeah, you know, they they weren't in the position that they were in in 2000 when they had to turn to uh, Barry Collier, for example. Yeah, the cup. He would not have left with the cupboard bear, like yeah. the last three coaches have left. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but no, I mean it's it's it, it's a good what if. It, it's it's there's not a whole lot of what ifs I I think in Nebraska basketball's history because there's only so much there to work with. But I think that. It started out as kind of lore, but ended up uh, being true. Bill acknowledged it. Um, Bill Byrne acknowledged it. And it, uh, it, it's a good thing to look back on and say, you know, what if? What if we got him instead of Illinois and then Kansas? Yep. So. No, I, I agree. Though um, I will also add in the what if uh, 2011 at the uh, end of um, Doc Sadler's regime as head coach at Nebraska – what if Nebraska had hired Mike Anderson? Ooh. I'm not even ready to talk about that. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't really do much homework on his stats list. I just know Arkansas has done very well under Anderson after he left Missouri to go be the Arkansas head coach at the end of the 2011 season. Yeah, but remember um, how he left Missouri? I don't, actually. So that's partly the thing. Is uh, I, I just scrolled a list of all the different coaching moves that happened in 2011. Yeah, and there, was some NCAA, there was some NCAA violations, if I remember right, when he left Missouri. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Um, I'll have to double check on that. Missouri has not been the same since he left, because he was a heck of a great coach at, at Missouri. Um, it was probably a smart move to move to, go to Arkansas. Another... Historically perennial basketball school. Uh, not that Missouri's not. Missouri's got a very good basketball history. And if you want to look really into the, the Missouri-Kansas rivalry in sports, uh, a lot of it kind of tilts towards the basketball end. So, I mean, Missouri's a good basketball program. Historically been a, a decent basketball program. But, yeah, no, Mike Anderson, that, ooh. You know, he would have – that's a good question. Maybe we should do another one later this week. And uh, on the flip side, if we did want to go with the fun what if of uh, stealing a head coach from a interconference um, rival, so to speak, Minnesota was rather unhappy at the time with national champ Tubby Smith. <laughs> and he oh, ended yeah. up getting fired only a year later. Well, I, no, I'm sorry, two years later at the end of the 2013 season. Um, but he was actually in play for quite a few jobs at the end of the 2011 season. Didn't actually obviously get hired away by anybody, but, um, yeah, didn't have the greatest run at Minnesota and did kind of flame out obviously at Kentucky and also, you know, Texas tech, but I mean, he had more success there than, uh, if we're being honest, Tim miles and, um, Doc Sadler had. So, yeah. No, he is. I mean, uh, Tubby at least could recruit to a certain extent. So, yeah, no, that's a good point. Good point. So, yeah. So, what if? What if? 
what if Bill Self came to Nebraska? I would like to hear more from our fans and listeners. What do you guys think? Do you guys think this would have happened? Do you guys think this would have been a good idea? Would he have been successful? Would he have stayed? What other coaches do you think Nebraska could have possibly got historically? So, yeah, I, I think it's a good what if for 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 Nebraska balls. So. Would he have bolted town since Nebraska is an Adidas school at the end of his regime? <laughs> a certain uh, someone out of Indianapolis came calling. Ring, ring, ring. That's a good question. <laughs> But for another podcast, so. But we, we we do have a little bit of uh, Nebraska Mall news that came out today. We do. A real Big Ten center did stand up, well, at least in height. A six foot ten. Yeah, I, yeah. I guess we ditched the memo where everybody has to be no taller than six eight. Yeah, our, our team's not going to be full of guards. Yeah, no, Nebraska got three star. Six foot ten, two hundred and twenty pound, not a whole lot of weight there. Uh, center Eduardo Andre out of Arizona today. Uh, beat out the likes of I wanna say, God, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. Auburn, Illinois, Houston, um I can't, I'm blank on a few other ones who we beat out for him. Sorry, a little lost there. Shift didn't go well in my head. But yeah, no. Uh, seems like a good talent. They say he's got good flow on the basketball co- on the court. He prefers playing defense over offense, which is good considering everybody on Hoiberg's team loves to shoot, whether they can make a basket or not. So getting that guy in the paint and uh, posting up against the big boys of the Big Ten will be nice. Hopefully he can get to the training table and weight room and put on, I don't know, I'd like to see him put on at least 20 pounds, wouldn't you? Yeah, same. I mean, he'll he'll be important to be down low to set screens and try to uh, help out with not letting all the short guys driving to the basket get blocked. Because, I mean, if we're being honest, big guys down low aren't really um, Fred Hoiberg's cup of tea, so to speak, with Mm -hmm. his offense. But, uh, yeah, I mean, some of those guys down low in the Big Ten were really a problem. Although, having said that, um, this is not – to be fair, Patrick, this is not me – bragging about the big 10 or anything this is just me stating this season saw some of the best big men conference wide that i've seen probably all my life of being a uh, basketball follower of the big 10 like it was just a stacked conference this year that was insane and enjoyable to watch um some of the uh i forget exactly but i mean like daniel Turu. Um, for Minnesota was like 6'11", 6'10", something like that. And was, um, how much was he? Like 250, I want to say. Um, Lucas Garza, one of the leading scorer, the leading scorer in the Big Ten was uh, only 6'8", I think, but is 265. Um, Xavier Tillman, um, 6, no, wait, he, uh, sorry, Garza was 6'10". Mm-hmm. Tillman was six eight and 245 um as uh one of the best comparisons though for what we can expect of nebraska's new big man though would be marcus bingham jr who is a sophomore this year averaged only 11.1 minutes uh throughout the season playing in 31 games but he's 611 and 225 and his minutes were extremely limited because of his size at his weight. 220 is just a little bit too gangly at that size to be down low, banging around a little bit. So you, you tend to get into foul trouble, get winded, things like that, trying to go up against the big guy. So yeah, I mean, I, it's not going to be 
um, a quick transition for him. I mean, you can't put 20 pounds on overnight or anything, but by the time he's a junior, um, hoping he, you know, sticks around that long and develops and whatnot. I think once he, uh, bulks up a bit, if he can push up to 240, 245, he's going to be a force down low. He'll have enough scar tissue on his body to take the blows from the big boys. Yeah, I mean, at that point, so. no, no George Mikan out there for yeah. him to to really learn how to uh, get some scar tissue built up. But yeah, no, it'll he'll be good. So anyway, I know we're just right about half hour right now, if not a little under. I gotta go. My daughter's waking up, so <laughs> I gotta go put her back down <laughs> to bed. Yep. But I think we're done for today, man. But yeah, so that's Eduardo Andre. Uh, he is the last scholarship player for Nebraska in the 2020 class. The scholarship roster is now full. Um, the only question after this will be whether or not there is a walk-on added since there is still that spot. We'll certainly uh, let all of our listeners know about whoever that will be when we find out. If we find out, uh, certainly hope that there is a basketball season too as well. But with that, that's a wrap for this week. Uh, Certainly let us know in the comments, on Twitter, wherever you feel like it, for um, what you think would have happened for the what if Bill Self had come to Nebraska in 2000. And with that, we hope you stay classy, wash your hands, and stay safe, and come back next week.